Hey, Start Marketers, welcome to today's episode, which is quickly becoming one of my favorites in the new format. It is a hot seat coaching episode, and I have Clarissa from Setting D Ranch with me. She is a grown Nebraska member, so if you recall, every Monday from 12 to 12.15 on Grow Nebraska's Instagram channel, which is at by Nebraska, B-U-Y, Nebraska, I host a Marketing Monday where we go through various marketing tips. We do it in 15 minutes, keep it short and sweet, and we would love for you to join us. Even if you are not in Nebraska and not a Grow Nebraska member, it is free and you can join us. Clarissa was the winner of one of our drawings to have one of these hot seat coaching sessions. She has been on every single one of the calls or Instagram lives. And so I'm super excited to have her today. Clarissa, welcome to my podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited that I won. I usually don't win many things. Um, <laughs> and I like when you go to the mailbox and the only thing you win is a bunch of bills. So Right. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. I put those all on a pile on my counter and then I, I, I usually do too. <laughs> I usually do too. So tell us, you are um, third generation ranchers, correct? You and your husband, Dan. Yeah, that is correct. So tell us a little bit about what it means to be a third generation farmer, what Setting D Ranch does, and kind of a little bit about the business. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting to be able to say, well, I married into it, but I'm going to claim it anyways, (laughs) to be third generation, you know, Today's age, either you're already in it because of family or you're just starting out and it's it can be a tedious process. So it's a very honorable, honorable thing to be able to continue to carry on tradition such as this ranch. And so what we do is we raise cattle, mostly cattle, and then I added hogs in when I joined the family. And we offer them by the carcass or now by the frozen cut to customers all over Nebraska, mostly central Nebraska, because it's easy, you know, to drive to someone's house and deliver. Um, And then we do offer shipping so we can ship pretty much anywhere in the United States as well. And we have been doing that part of the business for, well, it'll be four years this fall. So it's been quite the ride. We, (laughs) it was my idea to kick it off and I kind of molded around for a while. And then all of a sudden I said, let's just call, you know, and get some help and get this started, visit with the USDA, et cetera. And as we opened that fall, then the pandemic hit right the next year. So I don't know. It was quite the time to open a business, that's for sure. But we definitely Mm -hmm. learned a lot. It's been quite the ride. Really appreciate all of our customers and everything we've learned along the way. Of course, there's so much more to learn. Yeah. That's why I'm here with you today. So. That's that is fantastic. So if you if you're listening and you are not familiar, as I have learned a lot of people outside the Midwest are not super familiar with this idea of like buying a whole hog or a whole cow or like a quarter or half or something like that, it is really very common to in the in the Midwest, especially to purchase from like a rancher to just kind of purchase all of your meat. So instead of going to the grocery store every single week and like picking up your pound of beef or your pound of pork or whatever it is, your bacon, like you just purchase it. It comes to you. If you're a true Midwesterner, you've got another freezer <laughs> that you keep it all in, in your basement or in your garage, and then you just pull it out throughout the year. And it's a lot more cost effective. It is actually a lot more environmentally friendly if you are a meat eater um, to 
do it this way because there's less of a carbon footprint between like the transportation front. You, you reduce it, right? It just comes straight to you right. versus going to a grocery store and you going to the grocery store and bringing it home and things like that. So um, if you're listening and you actually haven't ever done done it, I highly recommend looking into it. It's much more cost effective. It's, it's eco-friendly um, and it is going to be the best meat you will get. It's going to taste. You're going to be like, what have I been buying from a grocery store? Because coming fresh from a ranch is, is the way to do it. So, um, I think that's something. And like she said, they ship. So you can, you can be like on the East coast and get it for you. And I guarantee, even if you're not in the Midwest, there are ranches near you that you can do this from. So I, I recommend looking into it. So as a third generation rancher, that means that how, like, sounds very obvious, but kind of break down what being like third generation means for a family of ranchers. So it's very important because it means that in theory, all of the land, the house, the genetics have all stayed in the same area and the traditions of how to manage the land and the cattle are passed down and on the positive, if your family likes to bring in new ideas, those who have went off and learned from other operations are able to bring in things to continue the operation to be very sustainable and last for many more years to come. So, like, we don't have any kids ourselves, but training our nieces and nephews on the ways of life and how to raise the stock and treat the land and, you know, pick good breeding bulls and heifers and pigs you know, that's all very important to continue to pass on and the knowledge, because like you said, I too didn't really realize how many people didn't understand buying by the carcass or buying frozen cuts. It's a huge difference in going to the grocery store. But if I was to go to the grocery store, I'd probably be just as lost as the people who are coming to us because I don't support that end of the store because Mm -hmm. I have been very fortunate to not need to. So yeah, it's a lot a lot of pride and hard work, definitely. It is very fascinating to me. So tell me a little bit about, you added in this this part of your business, right, where you kind of opened up the idea. Is it just the shipping that you opened up in the past few years? So Dan's grandpa always did the carcass. His parents did the carcass, and so did we. So for those that don't know, carcass is what we talked about earlier, half whole quarter cow or half or whole hog. And so people just kind of kept asking, I just, I really just want to roast or I just really want a steak. And I don't know. It just, yeah, from there, like I said, we just molded around, threw it out the door and said, here we go. So, yep, that's what we started four years ago. And then probably, I don't know, maybe six plus months into it, we finally got our heads wrapped around shipping. That's like a whole nother ordeal. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you have like a target audience for that you try to sell to? Well, when people ask me that, I kind of have to laugh. Um, I remember learning about that in our FFA class, actually, in an ag business. And I would say at first it was the older population. And then it changed to mothers with families. And honestly, now it's just anybody. It's, I don't have a very good answer. I haven't collected enough data to really be able to tell you. And I probably should because I, it would probably help me target better. But at the same time, it's kind of all over the board. And I really appreciate every one of them 
So I try when we do, you know, offer deals, it's to anyone and everyone that wants to jump in. So, yeah, I think so kind of right off the bat, I think something to keep in mind is like you can offer deals to anyone, like anyone, you know, if you eat meat, anybody can come to you technically Mm -hmm. like that's you do have a pretty rate like big range right because you know even even though I am the purchaser uh actually you know what I'll flip this my husband's the purchaser of the cow in our home like my aunt texts me and she goes hey you you want your quarter again this year? And I go, yes. And then the rest is all him. He goes through and he selects like, we want these cuts and like all of this stuff and, you know, coordinates with the, um, the shop that we pick it up from. Uh, but you know, you think about like, so anyone can come through the door, but kind of like thinking through who is it typically? Like, are you seeing, are you seeing the moms who are coming through and saying like, Hey, I want this because it makes meal planning easier for me. It's more convenient. Um, you know, I think kind of like sifting through and thinking about like who looking at who currently comes to me because while anyone can come when it comes to marketing, kind of targeting and choosing like, okay, well, where am I going to show up to actually market and advertise my products and services? If I know that it's primarily the moms who are doing it, like maybe I'm going to look for channels where I can connect better with some of them, you know, like I could look for like the farmer's markets you mentioned, I feel like skew a little bit more my husband will go, but it's always my idea to go to the farmer's market, <laughs> you know, um, or, you know, even looking through and like finding, finding groups that help like mom's meal plan or something like that to say like, Hey, you know, so as you start to kind of see that, you know, the whole point of like meal planning is to make it really like easy in theory <laughs> to, to do it. But the nice thing, and we we find ourselves doing this all the time with ours, like if we don't have something in mind, it's always like, oh, well, that's fine. We can just go down to the freezer and we'll we'll grab some, some beef out because you can thaw that in a reasonable amount of time. Um, and yeah, we'll just, we'll go ahead and we'll take that and we'll figure out something to do with the beef that night, you know? Like, so I think it can be it can be kind of universal as food is. But then if you think about it more from like, who's the buyer, like who makes the decisions to come and then looking for ways to like connect with those people and find more people like the ones that are coming to you. I think that would like easily kind of, you know, narrow the focus and make it so it's like, okay, I don't have to try to be everywhere. I'm just going to try to focus on like finding these people and people like them. And then that kind of narrows down the scope of what you have to get done with your marketing. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I think if now I think about it, you're right. It is a lot of the moms, the women. I think also it's a lot of people, again, mostly women. Like you said, husbands go to the farmer's markets, but they don't always like to be there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, targeting them, targeting those that especially like to support local. I mean, if you want to narrow it down even more besides just food prep, healthy, conscious eaters too, because beef, especially ours, is very lean Mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, every carcass is going to finish a little different because every animal grows a little differently. But in theory, you got lean and then you have your pork on top of that. So, 
Yeah, those are really good points. And I think you just you just hit on something that I think you could incorporate too, which is telling the story of it. You know, I think like sometimes people hear like, oh, I'm going to buy a carcass. And that's like, that's unsettling sometimes where you're like, oh, you know, I, I talk about this all the time with my friend who's a vegetarian. I'm like, I, there is like some mental dissonance sometimes to like being a meat eater where you're like, I do care about the fact that like mm-hmm. I had to kill an animal and I'm eating it and I sort of feel bad. And then when I talk about its carcass, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can get past that. But when, but the reality is I still eat my meat. So like it is, it is what it is. I'll just put it out there. Sometimes it's a struggle. But when you think about telling a story around, you know, not just the fact that like you guys are third generation, that is super powerful and supporting local. Like we've seen a huge push of that, especially since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about like eating health conscious, I think sometimes people think like, hey, in order to be health conscious, like I have to cut out red meat. So like why would I why would I buy that? Well, hey, you could actually eat red meat and it can be healthier for you. And here's how and here's why. And you can kind of tell a story around that and telling a story around being a little bit more like eco-friendly. Like, hey, if you're buying local, you're not just supporting a local small business. You're actually helping our environment. And it's a small step that you can take, switching your buying behavior from grocery store meat to ranch raised and getting it from a local butcher shop. That that does some great things. It's healthier for you, helps the environment. So you can kind of tell some stories around that that might connect you to new people who haven't haven't been raised with this like or you know who this idea that like buying a whole animal to have in a freezer is like a foreign concept because they're just not exposed to it. A city people. I'm talking about yeah. a city people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that is a good point as well. Yeah, I always try to choose my words very carefully um, because even if you're going to the store, it's still supporting the beef and pork industry. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how local, or I should say ranchers and farmers, raise their stock sure. versus you know how a feed yard setting is or a confinement setting is for hogs. That can change the difference in flavors and quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, I'm not probably going to be very good at selling the whole total health benefits. Sure. Just because that can definitely be a road that I am very yeah. non-educated in. Other than I know that we can provide lean, healthy, local. So you know that our pastures obviously are local because... We're right around Litchfield area. We don't have any land right now that we're renting anywhere else. Um, but still, it's all Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And the corn, too. You know, we're supporting local farmers. If we obviously can't raise enough corn to keep up with everything, because the pasture is more important to us in our establishment than, you know, turning it in, turning the land into farm ground. So supporting local corn growers and, and businesses that are all local, you know, our feed supplements are from the local feed store, all that kind of stuff. So we could definitely continue on the local train that way. Yeah. And I think you could do, you could do even like videos. So I think about content and things like that, I feel like is always a really big hurdle. I know it is for me in my own business. 
And I think about it a lot of times and I'm like, oh, there's no shortage of like my own marketing knowledge. So it should be really easy for me to come up with content. But I am thinking of on, and even if TikTok isn't the channel that you go down, there was a farmer, he was, and he primarily did onions. And he did this video about like, just the process of like, where your onions come from. And he was like, you know, you think of like farmers going out and picking it out of their fields and putting it on a truck and sending it to the grocery store. And he's like, but did you know it actually goes? And he took people like behind the scenes and like showed them that like it goes into this like storage warehouse and the onions that you're getting are always this year. And people like their minds literally exploded. His video went viral because they were like, what? I didn't even know that's where my food came from. So I think there's this like trend from a consumer standpoint to really understand where is my food coming from and like who, who are the people behind it and how does, you know, where, where does it come from? Like we heard a farm to table and we're all like, okay, well, that's cool. It's sort of hipstery. But I think we're entering an age where like consumers want to just be like more educated and more informed. And so you could, I mean, like even just kind of telling the stories about like, hey, here's the difference between like ranch raised versus like a feed yard and why, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you get into all this cool stuff about like flavor and, you know, things that people don't necessarily connect the dots on or know about. I didn't, I had no idea that like, ranch beef tasted so much better than the store beef and it came down to like the way that it was raised yeah it is pretty significant difference and yeah education I found especially at the farmers markets and just through visiting with people in different like podcasts or over Facebook chat it is you are correct people really want to know and that's what um, my husband and I try to do is give the most accurate knowledge so that as a consumer, they aren't feeling pressured to buy from us. They're more equipped with the knowledge to make the decision that best fits for them or their family, whether it's continuing to go to the store or shopping with us or a completely different producer, you know, either way, it's still good. You're supporting the ag industry and giving back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I think kind of helping people understand that, you hear a lot too about like um, there's this really big trend. It's not a trend. I don't think it's going to go away. But along the same lines of really conscious consumers, you hear a lot from companies who are like, we really feel like we need to kind of have a purpose behind what we do. And so the idea of saying like, hey, we're giving you the information so that as a consumer, you can make the most informed decision about how you consume your meat. You know, that's something that people, I think, like, people can buy into that, and I think they appreciate it. And so, you know, capitalizing on that and thinking about, like, what can I create, you know, what can I put on my website that can help people understand that? You know, can I can I add a page that kind of talks about this, or can I put something, you know, on my homepage that helps people understand you know, this is, this is where your food comes from, and when you support in this manner, this is how you support the ag industry. And here's, you know, here's why the ag industry is important. And here, I think people know it. I just don't think they, I don't know that they like understand enough to have the appreciation for it. Right. It's, it's easy to walk to your store and be like, yeah, look at all this great stuff. And you don't have to think about the hard work that went into getting that stuff. 
that's there fair. for you. Yeah, that's that's why I try on our Facebook to share what I can and help people understand without things seeming too tragic, although those things do happen in the mm-hmm. farm and ranch life. And the other thing that I've learned from this is I've gotten to cook things that I had not before. So like flank and skirt steak, for instance, that was stuff that, you know, my mom always just had ground. I didn't even know those really existed until I started learning about it way back in high school. Makes me sound mm-hmm. so old. But <laughs> <laughs> I have started learning to cook with that. And so by doing that, you know, I'm hoping people see recipes and ideas that are quick that they can put together too. Um, the other fun thing is our business is part of Farmer's Market 365, which is based out of Given, Nebraska. And so being able to partner up with those producers, learn more, and especially the ones that have the greens and, you know, the veggies during the fresh season. I mean, it's so much fun to make hamburgers on the grill and put on a fresh piece of lettuce, um, have those tomatoes. So at Farmer's Market, we try to combine those efforts together and sell people a hamburger with the options of adding fresh produce. You know, it's all local, eat local right there. Mm-hmm. And then show them how they can cook with it too. I Oh, that's so exciting. That just gave me like this whole, I don't, I'm not even going to have time to like go into the whole thing, but it gave me this like super fun idea. So I am a really big fan of using Pinterest for small businesses because it, it is, it functions more like a search engine. So it can actually really help drive traffic to your website and you don't have to, unlike all of the other social channels where you kind of, you have this algorithm that you sort of have to hack in order to get visibility where it's like, I have to have a certain number of followers and they have to engage with my posts a certain amount of times in order for the the algorithm to show my post to more people and for me to be able to start to grow my reach and my visibility. Pinterest doesn't require that for you. So you can have like zero followers and still have your pins reach a lot of people because their algorithm is more like a search engine. So if I go in and I type in, you know, ideas for food to make from the farm, like with farmer's market or how to shop at the farmer's market for my summer meals or something, I might not be following setting D ranch on Pinterest, but I might Pinterest will recognize it and go, oh, this person posts a lot of that content. Let me show them, show that to this person. So if you haven't incorporated Pinterest, I'm a huge proponent. My listeners are probably like, oh my God, she says that every single week. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I am not a Pinterest person. So that'll be a new, a new world for me. And what I think is like so fun. So like, and then you could also kind of get those like the three, the farmer's market 365 and collectively you could kind of start a board where you all kind of contribute these recipes and these ideas. And I mean, you could have like such a fun sort of seasonal campaign in the summer to be like, Hey, it's farmer's market season. Like, let us teach you how to shop, like how to shop the farmer's market instead of the grocery store for the summer. Like my husband and I say that my husband and I say that all the time. We're like, you know, we buy our beef for my aunt and uncle and their farm. And we say every year, we're like, we really just need to like think about our meals ahead of time and then hit the farmer's market every Saturday morning and just get, cause we love going, but inevitably we show up and we're like, <laughs> we don't know. We don't have a plan. 
And so you could do something like that and, you know, and then you could promote it on your other social channels and you could like send it out to like, if you have an email list, if you're collecting customer emails, like you could sort of create like a system among the market, farmers market 365 people and say, you know, collectively, we're all going to have like our grocery lists and like our meals. We're going to get it done, you know, on on Tuesday, by Tuesday, we're going to send it out to our individual. Oh, and see, now I'm looping in another, like, <laughs> another layer of marketing. You could all borrow each other's audiences and yeah. say, hey, brought to you by the people in your little group. Here's your farmer's market shopping list for this weekend or this, you know, if it's on a Wednesday night or whatever it is. And you send it out a few days in advance and you teach people like how to shop at the farmer's market and you're all collectively promoting it and promoting each other. And then that's something like you could put that on Pinterest. And, you know, if I if I live in um, Florida And I find it and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I go to your website to download. So the thing is, is you'd funnel them back to the website and say, like, come download the list. Like, give me your email. We'll get we'll give you the list. And then I can also let you know, hey, did you know I ship? I ship these boxes of pork cuts. I ship these steak cuts. And you could, you know, and then you can kind of like start to market to those people and actually like advertise your products and services. So if they're like, oh, that's really cool, but we don't have someone like that at our farmer's market. So like, where could I get it? Yeah, that's a really good idea. It comes from me. So you see, you started with like this content that is not actually selling people anything. It's just giving them ideas, but then you're able to kind of like lead them down the path gets them on your email list so you can like, you know, market to them there and it all just kind of funnels up and supports. And then you get to, you get to promote those other people too. Yeah. You know? No, I I love collaboration when people Mm -hmm. want to come together, especially on small business efforts because so many more people win that way. Mm -hmm. So it is, that's a really good idea. I like it. I like that. So on my Facebook, I try to put things out around six 05, 6, 15 p.m. It seems to be the most traffic time. Yeah. It'll change come summer, but I like to take pictures of my food all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had people like complain to my husband, they're going to have to stop following us because they get so hungry. They just want to buy everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a perfect, like you could turn those into like lead magnets to kind of mm-hmm. grow your email list. You know, you could put those out again on Pinterest like meal prepping and recipes is a huge piece of Pinterest. People search that all the time. Um, you should, someone to follow for inspiration. She's another Grow Nebraska member. It's Betty Sayers. Um, oh gosh, I'm going to, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, but, but Savory. But Savory. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can see her. I can see her logo and I just couldn't. She does like beautiful pictures of her of her food and she puts them on Pinterest and she gets so, you know, like there are all these recipes about that you can make with her, like her honey mustards that she Mm -hmm. makes. And so you could do something very similar and then you could turn it, you know, so you could do like individual recipes and then you could for like a month or something like that, you could put together, like just kind of save them and put together one giant document. And then you could say like, Hey, download my 30 day, um, summer recipes 
and use that as an email, like a lead magnet to get people on your email list. Like Pinterest would be perfect for that. Then you could go and then you can hit up those moms and those meal preppers and be like, hey, looking to like meal prep and kind of knock this out. Here's some great recipes. Oh, by the way, you can buy the ingredients. You can buy the meat from us. Here are, if you're local, here are people that you can go to. Otherwise, here's your farmer's market shopping list to like really go. And you're hitting, you're hitting moms, you're hitting meal preppers, you're hitting families, you're hitting um, people who are more health conscious, who want to support local. Like you're getting all these people that just from kind of like that one small, I don't want to say small, but that one effort, like you could really focus yourself in just that as like a strategy and it gives you content for your website. It's content for your social channels, all sorts, you know, all sorts of stuff. And then it's driving business for you. Yeah. I like that idea. So I'm super pumped. If you start doing it, I will, I will be following because (laughs) I mean, I do follow already, but I will be like all in because that's exactly what I say I'm going to do every summer and I never do it. (laughs) Just, just don't expect like accurate recipes because I'm a (laughs) non-recipe follower. I mean, I will read some if I know it's a highly important recipe. Otherwise (laughs) it's a little of this, a little of that, and it's probably not going to taste the same the next time, but (laughs) That's fantastic. You can even build off of that too. Yeah. Like, I think you just own that and be like, listen, <laughs> I just no. shake my seasonings until I feel compelled to stop. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pepper, if it, the, the blacker your dish looks on the top, the more, you know, that's great pepper. <laughs> Mix that in with a gravy. That's how my grandma taught me. Yeah. My cousin yeah. told me I should start a YouTube channel um, with cooking. And I'm like, oh, like Feldman's Messy Kitchen, because when I cook, I mean, especially if there's flour involved, it's everywhere. Oh, everywhere. that's so, people would love that. That's like so authentic, because that's real life. Like yeah. any of those people who like follow the, it's like the the mise en place where they like prep everything ahead of time and it all has its place. And so then you're like, your cooking process goes super smooth. Yeah. <laughs> that's for yeah. shelves. That's professional chef level. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us are just like, throwing our stuff everywhere, making a huge mess, hoping it turns out right. Yeah, the, so, the gravy's burning because you're not stirring it. And the grill's probably on fire at this point because you forgot about everything else. Yeah. Yes, 100%. I would. I, that is also a YouTube channel I would follow. <laughs> trip, trip over a cat on the way to the grill or something. Yeah, and you yell at it plate. and you're like, well, if you don't want to be stepped on, don't lay down behind me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say that to mine all the time. Yes. Um, okay, well, what else? Like, is there another market? marketing challenge that you feel like we haven't kind of touched on? Well, I mean, you gave me a lot of ideas. I um, probably have a lot of people's data and use it for nothing right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, learning to blog and figure out how to send those emails, I definitely need to focus on that as well. There is definitely a lot. I mean, if you could give like a checklist of Hey, these are things you try to focus on every day versus weekly versus monthly. Yeah. That would totally be a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. So I think like a really simple content flow that I go through is I start with, so like if you were going to do the recipe thing, for example, um, here are like one day you could say like, here's the actual recipe. Then you could pull something out and talk about like... um 
hey, here are these ingredients and where I get them. And you just sort of like take that piece, that one piece, and you sort of chop it up into smaller bite-sized pieces. And then you can actually just repurpose. So the thing to keep in mind is people always feel like, oh, I have to come up with like totally unique content for social media, totally unique content for my email, totally unique for my website. When in reality, the people that are buying from you probably only see one of those. And so, and if I see it twice, that's actually probably better because then it typically like increases my engagement, whether that's like liking or sharing it or opening the email or um, actually purchasing. So you could actually take like whatever you're doing on social media, because that's what you're doing now. And you could just like plop it over into an email and send the email out and say like, hey, you know, here's what's going on on Setting D Ranch this week um, or today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't email people daily, but you know, you could send, you could send one or two emails a month and that's plenty. People feel like they have to send it a lot, but really once or twice a month is enough to like keep you in front of your customers. Um, give them interesting things 80% of the time that have nothing to do with like a hard sell and then do that hard sell 20% of the time is kind mm-hmm. of what I would recommend there. So those I are think- good rules. Cause you always feel like you need to just be selling, selling, selling when no. in reality you need to actually be telling, telling, telling. Yep. All the, you know, all the things that we talked about in terms of telling your story, mm-hmm. um, these content ideas we've talked to, all of that translates over to your website. Like you could post it on the website. And so then when you post it on your social media, you actually just link back to your website. So you're going to like pull double duty there. You're going to have content for your social media, but you're also going to drive traffic to your website. And then same thing with your email. You're going to put those things into your email. And then the link at the bottom is going to say, like, check out the full recipe on the website, you know, or buy the box to get this, you know, make this recipe here. And so um, it actually, you have a nice, like, um, content feed. It's really just about repurposing it and just, I would say, just put it over into the other channels. Like don't worry about making it super unique because hardly anybody sees all of them. And if they do, it just reinforces like, oh, the consistency. And then they're like, yeah, I, sh- I definitely should check that out. I remember I saw it. I saw her post about it on Monday and I was busy and I forgot. I'm glad I got this email. Right. Well, it's yeah. easier to access emails too, unless you delete them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's harder to go back on social and find all those. Yeah. Yeah. Know, those posts with sales and stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. I, I like those suggestions. I have a lot of homework. <laughs> I'll type it. I'll type it all up because this will all go into the show notes. So listeners, if you are, if you kind of share this kind of experience or this was inspiring, I will map this all out in the show notes so you can see it all and, um, take it and riff on it. That's what this, that's what these coaching sessions are for is to just give you something very actionable that you can get out there into the world and help yourself start marketing. So thank you so much for being on today. This was a lot of fun. I'm super excited to see where you go. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love the tips and appreciate what you're doing through Grow Nebraska as well that reaches a lot of people and you know, to be able, hopefully more people will want to get on now when they know they can win. A I know, I know. Too. You'll have to spread the word. Spread yeah. the word. 
Awesome. Even if they don't win, it's totally worth it to listen every Monday because it's valuable. And like the same with advertising. Every time you repeat some of the same stuff, it sticks a little bit longer with people too to remind them, oh, I need to do this. Right. I should be doing that. So. Totally. You have been a good student. All right. Well, thanks. (laughs) Start marketers. We will see you next time.